Amen. Well, welcome to the Good News Church where Jesus is alive and miracles still happen today. Amen. All right. For those of you watching, my name is Reverend Jonathan Sixtos. I am a lifelong member of Good News Church. And even a little bit before then, they tell me that I was here before I was even here. Amen. <laughs> well, I'm currently serving as the youth pastor and an ordained associate minister, licensed through Christ for the Nations Fellowship of Ministers and Churches. And I've got my notes, but as we've learned from Pastor Rosie, you don't cling to your notes. You cling to the Holy Ghost. Amen. All right. Amen. And I just, I always like to take some time to honor my pastors, to honor the praise and worship team. It's not about the show, it's about the flow, amen? <laughs> and uh, Sister Ruthie was already preaching my message this morning. I don't know if y'all know that. Sister Joy knows because she's got my notes over there. And uh, we were singing this morning about seasons. And that's what we're going to talk about today. If we can go ahead and put up that slide. Today we're going to be talking about how seasons change, but Jesus doesn't. Go ahead and turn to your neighbor and say, seasons change. Now, turn to your second favorite neighbor and say, but Jesus doesn't. <laughs> and go ahead and forgive that the second person that talked to you because they didn't pick you first, but we love each other. There'll be a plenty of opportunity for interaction today as we go through our scriptures. Amen. But let's go ahead and open in a word of prayer. Will you pray with me? Father God, thank you so much for the opportunity that we have in this free country to freely worship, to come before you, to read your word, to understand it that we would not be hearers only, but doers also of the word. Lord, open our hearts and our eyes and our ears that we would receive this word gladly, Lord. Anoint my lips by your Holy Spirit that the word said today would be what the body of Christ needs to hear. More of you and less of me. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, we're going to go ahead and start today's message in the book of Ecclesiastes. Uh, just type in ECC in your Bible app because it's a little difficult to spell. But we're going to go ahead and open up to Ecclesiastes chapter 3. I'm going to read a fairly good chunk. If this were a barbecue, I guess this would be like a beef rib of a scripture. It's kind of meaty. We're just going to take our time. We're going to chew on it a little bit, amen? All right, now I know I better hurry up because I already got y'all hungry, amen? <laughs> and we'll start in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, and I'll have most of these scriptures on the screen if you'd like to follow along. And it reads this way in the New Living Translation, for everything... There is a season, everybody say season, a time for every activity under heaven. Verse 2, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to harvest, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build up, a time to cry and a time to laugh, a time to grieve and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace and a time to turn away. A time to search and a time to quit searching. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be quiet and a time to speak. A time for love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. And as my Catholic brethren would say, this is the word of the Lord. And I want you to just count, right? Depending on what version you're reading, just count how many times the word Time is written there. I've got, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. It's like close to thirty, I think. That's what I got. A time. 
time, 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 time. <laughs> a lot of time, right? But this scripture, see, this scripture is written for us. And this goes all the way back in Genesis when the Bible says, as long as the earth remains, seed, time, and harvest. See, time is where we live. It's where we exist. If you make kind of a, a box with your hands, we live in that box. God does not. Can't stuff God in a box. See, he exists outside of time. And I wanted to kind of lay that foundation as our basis before we get going here, because I don't want to lose anybody. We've got a, quite the journey ahead of us this morning. And we'll move at a, a pretty good clip, unless the Holy Spirit takes over, then he can have his way. But as we understand this, we exist in time. That's how we measure things. Pastor Ruben introduced me in the context of time. He shared his memories in the context of time. We understand the world in the context of time. Somebody told me the other day, man, I remember this like it was yesterday. And we go back in time and something that's momentous and significant, we mark that in time. Or if you're listening to something like many of y'all were blessed to hear Pastor Ruben share about faith on the episode of Joyce podcast and I was blessed to just sit with him and just listen and learn and glean and for those of you who are listening you say okay well to listen I need to dedicate this much time and time is a very precious resource I heard somebody put it this way it's the only resource that is non-replenishable I went to a meeting one time with some business leaders and he said thank you for sharing with me your most valuable resource because we can always make more money but you can't make any more time. And that's kind of scary when you think about it, right? Like, I don't want y'all going home just sitting in the corner like, oh my gosh, what have I done with my life? <laughs> we exist in time. And it's how God has ordained our existence to take place, which is what makes our lives valuable. If we lived forever and ever and ever, none of these little decisions would really matter because we would live forever. But I want you also to take comfort in our next scripture. So we have that, that understanding. We exist in time. That's how we operate. It's how we mark the days, the weeks, the seasons, the seconds. But if we flip on over to Hebrews chapter 13, I want to read verse 8, but I don't just want to give you verse 8. We're going to work our way up to there. So we're going to read Hebrews 13, 1 through 8 in the New Living Translation. And the writer of Hebrews says this, chapter 13, verse 1, and we're going to get to verse 8. says, keep on loving each other as brothers and sisters. Remember, every choice that we make is important because we exist in time. Keep loving each other as brothers and sisters. Don't forget to show hospitality to strangers. For some who have done this have entertained angels without realizing it. Remember those in prison as if you were there yourself. And what do we say about those people? We say they're doing time. They've done something, and society said through the court system, you're going to have to pay for what you did by losing time. And that's a very valuable resource. So that's why it's a severe punishment. Remember also those being mistreated as if you felt their pain in your own bodies. That's what Pastor Ruben was talking about this morning, about the power of the presence of God and how you can receive what you need. And once you have that revelation, you can pray over those who need it as if we were hurting ourselves. 
Give honor to marriage and remain faithful to one another in marriage. He also covered that this morning. God will surely judge people who are immoral and those who commit adultery because they make that choice when God said the marriage covenant is how you are supposed to spend that time. Don't love money. Be satisfied for what you have. For God has said, I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. So we can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper, so I will have no fear. What can mere people do to me? Today we're talking about how seasons change, but Jesus doesn't. Verse 7, remember your leaders who taught you the word of God. I get to impersonate you all because we have spent what? We spent time together. The more time we spend, the closer we are. If I've never met you, I don't know you. I can't pretend to act like you because we don't have that time invested in each other. Think of all the good that has come from their lives and follow their example of the faith. And we don't have to worry about time because Hebrews 13.8 says this, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. See, we don't have to go and rediscover all of these wonderful things because we have the benefit of the Bible that men in time wrote by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit and we have the benefit of church history not just our church history but the church history Hebrews was written to the church and we are still the church over 2,000 years later and because this document stands the test of time it's trustworthy that's why we don't really dive into the Apocrypha or the other books that were written later because they haven't necessarily stood the test of time of canon this is the holy bible and there are some people who may you know advocate for their scriptures and different things but we know the truth jesus did not change so any book that comes later that says hey um but this changes jesus message a little bit no no, no. jesus is the same yesterday today and forever see he was the same before the bible was written he is the inspiration for the written word and he's still performing those miracles that are contained in the word because he doesn't change see season change but jesus doesn't and i wanted to nail that down before we move forward today and we're going to look at life through the lens the understanding the context of seasons because that's how we operate that's how we understand how many of y'all just enjoyed a luxurious week known as spring break oh my goodness I was waking up at 10 a.m., y'all. And when I say wake up, that doesn't mean I got out of bed. <laughs> y'all know what I'm talking about. Like, I'm awake, and then you just lay there, and you're like, oh, I got to go to the restroom. So I guess I have to get up. <sighs> and you roll out of bed, and you're like, oh, no, yeah, no, I got to get up now. But we enjoy that break because we've put in work leading up to that we put in our time right i'm not saying that school is like a prison that's not what i'm saying <laughs> maybe your kids tell you that right moms and dads oh i gotta clock in and i gotta clock out and i gotta wear my uniform and i only get so much time for recess i mean rec time i mean and they feel like they're you know doing time but it's to amplify your gifts and your education so that you can better spend your time because time's a limited resource and the people who waste their time in school they're gonna end up paying for that later on so as we understand seasons, we're going to go through the four different seasons, spring, summer, winter, autumn, and winter. And I want to start with a spring 
season. And I've got some ideas, some, some different things that we're all going through. And I want to show you how even through our seasons, which change, Jesus is still the same. So we'll start with the spring season. And now is the time for planting. Like Pastor Ruben was talking about, words are a seed. How many of y'all do gardening? How many of y'all, you don't have the time to do gardening, and you just cheer on your friends like, oh, that's great, you know, good for you. Let me know when the tomatoes are ready. That's awesome. I'm so proud of you. That's great. Couldn't be me. (laughs) But see, when you put a seed in the ground, you're doing it in faith. If you look at a seed, it's not very impressive. It's not imposing. I mean, maybe like a coconut, but if it's just a regular seed... It's small. And you think, man, I'm going to put this in the dirt, and somehow, some way, this is going to bear fruit. (laughs) That takes a lot of faith. And spring is a season of seed because it takes faith to reach that goal, to get that harvest. You don't get there until you plant a seed. The springtime in our lives can represent new opportunities, Maybe a new school year or a new job. Some of us, I know that we have our youth class where we learn and we grow, and some of us are getting really close to a new season. After graduation, you know, we wrap all that up, and some of y'all, you know, you've got kids and they've already graduated, and then it's like, oh, the big wide world. Kind of reminds me of that kid's movie where they lost the fish and they have to go find him. So all the little kids, they go to school and everything, and they got their little reef and all their colorful stuff. But then after the reef, there's this huge, wide ocean. And the dad's scared, right, because his little son's like, I want to go swim out there. He's like, you're not ready, you're not ready. And we deal with that, right? We say, oh, I've only got my baby for so much time. And I have to see if they're ready before they go off into the big, wide ocean. See, spring season is a season of seed, new opportunities. Maybe some of you are new to the area. Victoria, you moved somewhere, you moved back, or you come in here, or you're about to move somewhere. You say new locations provide new opportunities. I've always wanted to be that guy who goes into that coffee shop and looks at that person and says, I'll have a usual. (laughs) Right? I want to be that guy who's known so well. You're like, I'll have the usual. Do any of you have that? Where you go somewhere and they already know what you want? Yeah. Maybe you go to, exactly, right? I've heard, I've heard stories about chicken tacos. I don't know if that means anything to anybody. I just, I've heard over the phone, oh, we know him. Yeah, that's just what I've heard. I just heard stories. <laughs> but I, I would love to have that because it shows that investment of time. Where you show up and they say, hey, you are welcome here. Here's the usual. Now, thankfully, we all have that here at the Good News Church, right? You come in and you need a healing. You need an encouragement. You need a move of God. You walk in and you get the usual, right? We have an excellent praise and worship ministry. Like we said, it's not about the show. It's about the flow. Sister Ruthie had no idea what I was going to minister about today. Just this morning... A new season. Wow. Unplanned. Wow. 
when is this going to flow? And I wrote that down here on my notes right here. said, it's not about the show. It's about the flow. So we, we are flowing this morning, aren't we? In the spirit, amen? Praise God. And it's because Sister Ruthie puts in that time. And she hears the voice of God. She knows where the Holy Spirit is going to go because she spent that time in faith planting that seed. I mean, you're not going to reap a harvest if you didn't put any seed in the ground. I have not put any seeds in the ground. So come summertime, come the fall, I'm not going to be like, all right, where's my squash? Montami zucchinis. They're not going to be there because I haven't put them in the ground. Now, thankfully, I know a few other people who have, right? <laughs> The springtime is a season of faith because when you put the seed in the ground, you have to believe that something's going to happen. And there's that excitement, especially now. How many, where are my baseball fans at? There's some excitement because it's almost April, and we know what happens in April, right? What happens in April? But they, opening day. And you know what? This is our year, isn't it? Yeah, last year was our year too, but this year, right? Some of y'all received that word, this is your year. <laughs> and all the Astros fans said amen. <laughs> but we have that faith, see? And I'm, I'm happy that I can root for the Astros because this is not the Spurs year. I'll say that. This is not. This, is, this may be our year to win like the draft lottery, like on the <laughs> bottom. And all the Rockets fans said amen. But we have that, that optimism, that hope and it's exciting. And as we learn, as we grow, here's my kind of bringing Jesus into our understanding of time. We have to make sure when we plant a seed that we have these, these safeguards in place. Because the enemy would try and pervert your optimism and your energy. Your kids are so excited to go to school, but there are traps laid for them at the school. Now, I'm not saying don't trust the school, obviously, but I'm saying... Be prepared. Have some safeguards in place. And even the house of God, people get so excited about coming to church and, man, you know, God's blessed me with this gift and, and I want to move in this gift, but we also have to move in order because the enemy would try and pervert that. We just saw a, a movie about a mighty move of God in the 60s and 70s, and this man was so excited that God was moving through the gift that he was given, and he didn't want to follow the order of the service. He said, no, 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 it's all about the gift. No, 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 it's not about the gift. It's about the giver. And when we plant, we have to put in some safeguards. See, spring, it needs discipline. We're going to go back a chapter to Hebrews chapter 12, and we're going to talk a little bit about discipline because I don't want the enemy to take advantage. See, he can't stop you from putting the seed in the ground. But the Bible says immediately the enemy comes. And we don't want our enthusiasm, our amazing, we don't want to flame out. Too many times we see these stories of these incredible athletes and they get injured and they're never the same. And unfortunately, that happens in the body of Christ quite a bit. Someone is fired up and they feel called and they're ready to walk in that. But somewhere along the way, they didn't have that guidance. They didn't have that strong hand, and they say, oh, well, your church is all about legalism. Y'all tell me everything I can't do. Well, no, we're, we're just preaching the scriptures, my brother. I mean, you get mad, talk to Jesus, because it sounds like you ain't been talking to Jesus. You've been talking to somebody else. We're going to look at Hebrews chapter 12 here, 
And this comes right after Hebrews 11, what we call the hall of faith and these amazing men and women of God who have trusted God when they planted their seed and they've seen the harvest. And it says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. I want you to envision like a weed. Because as you're growing, as you're fertile ground, the enemy's going to try and choke that with weeds. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, verse 2, looking to Jesus. This is the English standard that I'm reading out of. The founder, this is why I chose this version here. Other versions say, the King James says, the author and the finisher. But the ESV says, the founder and perfecter of our faith. There are other scriptures that talk about the will of God, the good, the perfect, the acceptable will of God. And I wanted this image of this plant just starting to grow, starting to bud. But the founder, imagine someone putting that seed in the ground, also needs to be the perfecter. And in order to be perfect, we need to be aligned. Anybody ever gone to the chiropractor? And something's just not right. And he puts you down on that table and he's going to lay hands on you, and you're going to be healed. And then let's see if I can do this right here. And he just gives you a little, and he just straightens you out. And you say, oh, man, that hurt, but now I feel so good. You walk out of there a little taller, and everything is aligned. But it took pressure. It took someone who knew what they were doing. It took discipline. Sometimes we need a little straightening out. Can I get an Amen. Now, you say amen now, but I want you to remember you said that when Pastor Reuben gets out here, right? So he says right here, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God, Jesus was able to endure because he knew what was coming. We are able to endure because the Bible tells us what is coming. Do not grow weary. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. The seed does not sprout immediately. Immediately the enemy comes, <laughs> but the seed, it takes time. But remember, today we're talking about how seasons change, but Jesus doesn't. In your struggle against sin, have you not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood? And have you forgotten the exhortation, here's that straightening out, that addresses you as sons or daughters? My son or daughter, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. That verb chastise, imagine in your mind like a, almost like a spanking, right? It, it brings to mind kind of a, a whipping of sorts, but not like abuse. It's a father-son relationship, not like a master horse or a donkey, you know, that's being stubborn. That word's for some of us. Amen. Eon. <laughs> <laughs> The Lord disciplines the ones he loves. If you've ever driven by any of the chemical plants, I know a lot of us work there, you'll notice they have some trees, and there's just something about those trees. You know what I'm talking about? And they're just kind of, mm, it's a little off. And that happens very frequently when trees are planted in a windy environment because if they're not straightened out, they're just going to go with the flow. 
whichever way the wind blows, like Pastor's been talking about the past couple weeks, and Pastor Rosie as well, not to just be swayed by doctrine of men or the traditions of men, which make the word of God of none effect. And if we don't have that firm guiding hand as we're growing, we can grow crooked. We can make decisions in our excitement, like we learned about you know, the testimony of Sister Janie and their excitement, and they want to be together forever, and, and we're ready for that next step. Well, not just yet. Did she love Brother Joe? Absolutely. Did they get married and raise many other children? Yes, but need a little firm hand. Could have avoided some things. And some of us, we get excited, and we say, well, you know, I'm ready. Preach, I'm ready to preach. We need a little firm hand. Need a little training, right? I wasn't ordained when I turned 18. This magical, I don't know where we get this 18, right? I'm 18, so I'm ready. I'm ready to go swim in the big ocean. Calm down, Nemo, okay? <laughs> We're not, some of us need a little more. You're not done cooking, you know? How many of y'all have ever had some rice, and it just wasn't done, wasn't done cooking, you know? Some of us are some crunchy rice right now. You just need to just let it sit for a little bit. We need that firm hand. And the Bible clearly tells us in verse 7, if we go to the next slide, it is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom a father does not discipline? If you are left without discipline, which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. There's another reason I chose the ESV, because there's some strong language in the Bible illegitimate children and not sons besides this we have earthly fathers who have disciplined us and we respected them shall we not much more be subject to the father of spirits and live for they discipline us for a short time as it seemed best to them but he disciplines us for our good that we may share his holiness so that's the fruit that we really need his holiness and sometimes we get so excited, right? We get so excited. Well, I can sing, and it's, I, I can put on a show, but it's not about the show. It's about the flow. And you can have all this nice little list, you know, like Pastor Rosie gets up here and says, this is not my message. <laughs> we write our notes, but we follow the Holy Ghost. And that's that firm guiding hand. I was really nervous as I was getting my, you know, PowerPoint slides together. I'm like, okay, Lord, I'm just going gonna, gonna to put this together, but I know that this is not where we might go. Who knows? We just follow the flow. And that's that firm guiding hand. Because if we get all excited and we're like, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready, but you're not yet ready, you're not yet disciplined. And see, pastors know if you can't submit now when you're under authority, then what's going to happen when you have all this power? And unfortunately, we see too many headlines, too many headlines, where people with power or authority or money, they let it get to them, and the ministry is blamed. I mean, we expect it from bankers and politicians and celebrities and sports figures. We don't expect the fruit of the Spirit from someone who doesn't walk in the Spirit. But when it's in the church, church, that hurts. Somebody didn't have enough discipline. But nobody likes discipline. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Therefore, lift your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees and make straight paths for your feet. Pastor just read another interpretation of that scripture from Proverbs. 
so that what is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. Strive for peace with everyone. This is a big deal in the body of Christ. A lot of people think, well, I'm blessed, I'm gifted, I'm called, I'm chosen, I'm anointed. So you better listen up. <laughs> See, when you are called, blessed, and chosen, and anointed, it is to serve the body of Christ. And we have this, this vision of, of Christian celebrity, and man, this person does these amazing conferences, and these amazing concerts, and they give these amazing sermons, and these illustrations, and I just, ooh, I just get the chills. But it's not about them whatsoever. Jesus never had a microphone. Jesus never had a social media presence. He didn't have a podcast. Now, we know that he would have been incredibly effective with those avenues of ministry. But it's not about the platform. It's about that anointing. And it's to be protected, not just shown off like, oh, look at this. Look what I got. It's, that's not discipline. Like Pastor Rubin said, many, many, many times, some of the most powerful people who are called and chosen and anointed, they're humble, as they should be. Now, we understand, you know, that the righteous are as bold as a lion, but that's when we are walking and operating in our gifts, right? I'm not timid about what I'm sharing with you because guess what? I didn't write it. It's already there. I'm just pointing out scriptures. But whenever it's outside of this church context, I'm not going to go toot my own horn because I've, dis I've been disciplined a lot, right? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how much I've been disciplined, but it, uh, it is for my benefit, amen? So thank you, pastors, for your discipline. Thank you, mom and dad, for your discipline. Thank you, Prophetess Joy, for your <laughs> discipline. It's a long car ride sometimes, amen? <laughs> but the springtime needs discipline because that optimism is good and the energy is good and the hope, the faith, the trust, it is so good. Do not let anyone pervert that, twist it. Like if you've ever had outdoor furniture and it's woven in together, we call it wicker furniture because that's the same root as wicked, which is twisted. You take something that was so promising, somebody put a little bug in their ears, and, oh, wow, you're so anointed. Why don't you come minister here? Why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? You don't need your pastors. You don't need that church. What? That church is just so small. You could be doing so much more. My pastors taught me a long time ago, you don't, call, you don't go where you're invited, you go where you're sent. And that requires discipline. Because there's always going to be opportunities. And some of us, especially the young people, right, we're excited about new opportunities, new school, and you look around and you're like, oh, wow, you know, this person, God, is that you speaking to me through this person? Because they look real good. That's some, that's some fruit right there. But is it the fruit of the Spirit? The springtime needs discipline. So that's my encouragement for the body of Christ as we look through that season. It's good to be excited, but we also have to be structured. We need that discipline. And it can be, you know, like, oh, I don't want to, God, why? I thought, you know, oh, I'm so excited. You know, why'd you give me this desire if I can't just go exercise these gifts? That matters relationally. That matters financially. That matters in your ministry and calling. Because it's not your ministry anyways. It's your calling, but it's because you were called by someone in authority and we need that covering just like the plants as they're growing they need to be sheltered sometimes we put them in a greenhouse or we have the little you know fence around them we've got the the guide wires so that they'll grow straight 
Have that image in your mind. Spring needs discipline. And we'll move on to summer. We'll move on to summer. I'm going to get a drink here real quick. And summertime is a season where you begin to see fruit. And all the kids are excited about summer. I'm looking forward to summer. And it's this idea of momentum where things start to pick up the pace. Things start to move a little faster. You start to see growth. And summer is an exciting time. You're building on a foundation. Think about where you start to get the hang of your new job. You're like, I'm getting it now. This process, right? I know, I remember Brother John telling me about when he was working with uh, large rolls of specific plastic and you get a rhythm down. You're loading the roll, you run the machine, you move it on, you're loading the roll, you run the machine, you move it on. And some of us have that rhythm and it feels good. You feel like I'm mastering this task, I'm starting to grow. There's seasons in life where we have this growth and we're starting to see fruit because we had that discipline because we channeled that excitement of the springtime properly and now we're bearing good fruit that's why whenever you're growing fruit trees you prune certain branches and the bible has that illustration as well any branch that does not bear fruit is pruned so that the other branches can bear more fruit the resources aren't being pulled off the kind of roots that come up the bottom of a tree, those are often called suckers. You have to trim them so that the rest of the plant can receive the nutrients instead of it being diverted to the other ones. And so I'm not telling you that you need to go around, you know, prune people and be like, oh, well, you're not, you know, doing this for me, so I'm going to prune you. Brother Jonathan said, you know, I'm going to cut you off (laughs) because you never text me. You know, we went out to eat. You didn't pay for my plate. You missed God. That's not what I'm saying, okay? We're talking personal responsibility here, the summer season. Now, just like we're talking about structure in the summer season, we need to also remember, spring needs discipline, but we also need to remember a little bit about the summer. And we have an illustration in Scripture because seasons change, but Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever, does not. Just like in Hebrews, when the writer of Hebrews was warning us, hey, you need discipline. The Bible even says Jesus was disciplined, right? Though Jesus were a son, he learned to be obedient. Imagine that pressure, right? I I have been a teacher for the last 10 years. I can't imagine the pressure of teaching Jesus. You know what I mean? Like, well, you're Jesus. Like, what do you, what do I? And that's exactly what John the Baptist said, right? Like, what am I going to, what? And so Jesus had to tell him, hey, this is the way that it has to be. We have to do it like this because Jesus himself submitted to discipline so that he could learn. Deuteronomy chapter 8, the pastor's read this scripture many times to us. I'm going to read this time the New International Version. Verse 6 says this, Observe the commands of the Lord your God, walking in obedience to him and revering him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land with brooks and streams and deep springs gushing out in the valleys and hills, a land with wheat and barley, vines and fig trees, pomegranates, olive oil, and honey, a land where bread will not be scarce and you will lack nothing, a land where the rocks are iron and you can dig copper out of the hills when you have eaten and are satisfied. Praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. Be careful 
that you do not forget the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God, failing to observe his commandments, his laws, and his decrees that I am giving you this day. See, before this was going to happen, right? This is, they're still waiting in this context for the time they enter the promised land. And up until that point, God provided their every need. Their clothes grew with them. Manna came from heaven twice a day. He provided their every need, and they depended on him. They needed that guidance, the fire by night and the cloud by day. Once they entered into the land, God knew. God knew, because it's human nature. This is just how our sinful nature is. Once we no longer have to rely on God every single day, we're in danger of forgetting him. And it's very sad to see, but many times we see somebody in church and they need a healing and they've got faith, and they got scriptures, and they say, man, if I just touch the hem of his garment, and they're healed, and then we don't see him anymore. But where'd they go? I thought they needed Jesus. Well, I needed Jesus for this need, but I didn't need Jesus for, for me. I just had the need. And that's what we're being warned of here because summer season is full of fruit and it's so easy to just get full on our own fruit and say, man, look at, look at what I have done. Look at, I have done this thing. And the temptation, just like Satan, I will exalt my throne. Well, this can't operate without me. You know, if I'm not there, that, you know, they can't have church. I mean, if it was like this joke, right, where the, the person says, I don't want to get up. Just five more minutes, and the mom comes in like, sweetie, you have to go to school. I don't want to go to school. And she says, well, sweetie, you're the teacher. <laughs> right? <laughs> in that case, yes, you are very vital, okay? <laughs> but we can't ever think that God can't do something without me. And that's the danger here. Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied, when you build fine houses and settle down, verse 13, and when your herds and flocks grow large and silver and gold increase and all you have is multiplied, then your heart will become proud and you will forget the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. Hear me, church. You can be in abundance and still be in slavery. And you don't even notice. I listen to a lot of hip-hop. Now, it's redeemed hip-hop, obviously, with a good Christian message. And one of them says, you're rocking gold, but you're still in a chain. Because he's talking about how people will idolize prosperity, and that becomes their end goal, and it consumes them. So he says in a very simple way, as rappers do, some of them, I mean, there are some rappers who talk like prophets. They use the illustration, and they're like, whoa, did he just... You're rocking gold, but you're still in a chain. And another one even said, you traded the noose for gold, but you're still hanging. Because we can forget God. He led you through the vast and dreadful wilderness, that thirsty and waterless land with its venomous snakes and scorpions. He brought you water out of hard rock. He gave you manna to eat in the wilderness something your ancestors had never known to humble and test you so that in the end it might go well with you, you may say to yourself, my power 
and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. And then we arrive at verse 18. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability, the King James says, the power to produce wealth and so confirms his covenant. It's not for you. Because guess what? We exist in this little box called time. And I don't know if you've ever been to a museum or a college, but somebody's name on the building means that they gave something to the college. But they're dead now. See, all the money in the world can't buy you any more time. And so the money that we are given, the ability to produce wealth, is not for us. It shouldn't be our end goal. We shouldn't say, look at everything that I was able to produce. No, you remember the Lord your God because he gives you the power to produce wealth, so confirming his covenant. He doesn't give it to you because you deserve it. He gives it to you because he's faithful. And he swore to your ancestors. We didn't even earn it. We act like, well, you know, my family is all saved and we're not going to talk to those people who just got out of county jail because, you know, they're dirty and they're awkward and they don't know how to function in society. They just got out of prison doing their time. There's, there's got to be an outreach ministry for them. You know, they don't look. Well, wait a minute. <laughs> you act like you earned your salvation anyways. And the Apostle Paul, one of the great teachers and rabbis and priests of his day, he said, all of my righteousness, it's like filthy rags and several versions of the bible he even uses some strong language and compares it to something that your dog leaves behind <laughs> you know they y'all ever see those signs please pick up after your dog or you maybe take a walk and somebody didn't pick up after their dog <laughs> yeah i think about that when i read that scripture like paul is comparing our righteousness to to that stuff that's kind of gross right Ooh, no thank you it's not good enough and in summer, we need gratitude because it refocuses our perspective. Just like in spring, we needed that discipline to make sure we go on the right path. In the summer, we need gratitude to stay on the right path. Because unfortunately, some people and some ministries and some, they, they just lose sight. Pastor shared with us many times where a minister will become very powerful and impactful and effective and widespread. And if there's not structures in place... If it's not, this is how we do things, and it's not going to change, no matter how many television stations or radio stations we're on or conferences we're invited to speak, we have to have gratitude because we didn't bear the fruit to begin with. We've heard the story. Every time that pastor ministers on tithes and offerings, you put the seed in the ground. It's not your seed. It's not your ground. It's not your water. Maybe you want to tell the city that, well, Brother Jonathan said, this is not my water. I shouldn't have to pay for it, right? <laughs> <laughs> we don't produce the water, okay? Some of us have to pay for the water. God takes care of everything. So there's no need for us to be haughty or prideful or get too puffed up. Now, I'm not saying that you have to be, you know, self-flagellating. Some of the monks in, like, the Middle Ages, they got this weird idea. I don't know, they were reading Latin, I guess. And they said, well, if I whip myself, I'm more holy. I mean, like, holes, yes, <laughs> but not holy, holy. Thank God we didn't grow up in the dark ages because it was, it was dark. <laughs> but summer needs gratitude. Spring needs discipline. Summer needs gratitude. Now let's talk about the autumn season. And it is a season of harvest. And it's exciting. 
It's where we get to, to end a chapter. You know, Pastor Ruben was just talking about chapters. And there were many chapters as we were developing Sister Alice's book. And she was sharing that testimony and all these different chapters and these headings. Like, where is your pain? And the doctor visit and all these different things. Because each one of those that we mark in time. That's how we understand the world. And God knew in Genesis, okay, let me explain to Adam and Eve how this is going to work. Because they're not going to live forever anymore. So as long as the earth remains, seed, time, harvest. I need them to understand that process so that when Jesus comes and he's revealed the Passover as the sacrificial lamb, that he's going to be like Jonah in the belly of the whale for three days. And then after a time, he's going to resurrect. And then what does he say as he floats up and leaves his disciples with a mission? He says, I'm with you always, even until the end of the age the end of time as we understand it so the autumn season is so fulfilling and it's so just beneficial in the way that we celebrate success and i chose the word valor here remembering valor instead of remembering faithfulness and i'll tell you why because it's hard to be faithful faithfulness is not glamorous like we talked about earlier it's not about the show it's about the flow everybody remembers a good show but nobody's going to remember years from now that I was ready to minister the word of God. And Sister Ruthie came up, and under the influence of the Holy Spirit, she said, we're going to sing about seasons to confirm that word in Brother Jonathan's heart. And we're going to sing some old school Dudley Smith because we know he gets down with some Dudley. Amen. That's the kind of God that I serve. Yeah. How many of y'all were uh, uh, church members when Dudley came to sing? Long time ago. I remember. Barely. I was... A young lad. But the season of harvest is one where we celebrate success. Everybody loves the harvest, right? No, no it's the springtime and the summer are hard because you've got to put in the work. But everybody loves the harvest. And they love celebrations. We say, you know what, autumn season, we're going to celebrate another year of life. Let's go eat out and let's have cake and cookies and brownies and ice cream and whipped cream and cherries and sprinkles. And we love a good harvest, amen? And some of us got a little extra harvest, right? <laughs> Plus, brother, Jesus said life and life in abundance, Mina. <laughs> okay, yeah, we're full gospel here. but We want to have, you know, health concerns as well. Like, okay, we're, we're going to be a healthy harvest. Amen? All right, y'all remind me of that after church. Okay. <laughs> so remembering valor, because faithfulness is hard, and it gets tiring, we say it's, a, you know, the same 75 people every Sunday, you know, and they got to set up the cameras and turn on the cameras and the sound and what's going on with the mic. And it's <laughs> but we're faithful. That's why Pastor Ruben thanked the sound team. Faithfulness. Day in, day out. Y'all don't think about it, right? You just sit back there and like, hey, I can hear him, right? And Popo now can hear very well. Got his little amplifiers. But we don't think about that. We come, we sit down, and we say, man, Sister Ruthie sang a good song. Well, yeah, she sang a good song because she's plugged into the speakers. Right? And you can hear. Otherwise, we'd be all Church of Christ up here just, just <laughs> lifting our holy hands, going to worship the king. But faithfulness is not glamorous, but it's crucial. So you don't get to the harvest without faithfulness. There's nothing glamorous about watering your seed, right? Just out there with the water hose or the sprinkler. And you're like, oh my gosh, it's noise. Now I got to go to the restroom, you know. <laughs> sprinkler. 
Faithfulness is not glamorous, but autumn needs faithfulness. And we can see that in Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6 and verses 6 through 10. So Galatians 6 verses 6 through 10 says this. Let the one who has taught the word share all good things with the one who teaches. That's that harvest, right? The sharing of the good things. So we teach the word. You benefit. That's the harvest. Wow. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. When I hear testimonies from the youth class, that inspires me because they're receiving that word. It's not me. I'm not a celebrity. But they're receiving the word because faithfulness Well, it's not glamorous, but it's crucial. It's vital. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption, but the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. We've heard that scripture many times, but the next verse says this. Let us not grow weary of doing good. For in due season another version says at the right time i think that's the new living version so then i'm sorry in due season we will reap if we do not give up see we love the harvest we love the celebrations we love the christmas banquet right oh i'm partners and i'm you know i'm banquet and and i'm staff and i'm all this pass that envelope right but it's only because of faithfulness Everybody wants the banquet, but they don't want the other 11 months of the year. <laughs> right? Or I'll show up for the anniversary because we'll probably have a meal. <laughs> or I'll show up the last Sunday of the month because I know there's a free hot meal. Somebody gave me a flyer. It's right here. <laughs> right? <laughs> and that's good that we get visitors, but we should not be the visitors. <laughs> we should be here setting up for the visitors, welcoming the visitors. And I should say this with love. The breakfast tacos are for the visitors, okay? <laughs> so make sure that there's some left for the visitors. Right? We come in, I'm going to have a second, I'm going to have a third, I'm going to have a fourth. The visitors, right? I know, I know. We love a good harvest, brother. <laughs> but we can't grow weary. Some of us, we think, you know, we base on what we see. We say, here I am, water in this seed, and, you know, here it is again, here it is again. And that is a word for those of you praying for your families. See, you're thinking, man, you know, I'm praying for them. And here they go again. I'm praying for them. And here they go again. Where's my fruit? God, I've been praying and praying and praying. Sometimes it can take a while. Sister Janie prayed for 50 years. I'm not even 50 years old. She prayed for longer than I was alive before she got that fruit. But why did she get that fruit? Because she was faithful. Autumn needs faithfulness because you don't get the harvest if you don't put in the work. And how many people quit before they see the harvest? And they quit and they blame God. Well, God, you didn't come through. I'm 33 years old and I'm not married yet, so you didn't come through for me. Faithfulness is not glamorous. It's not a shiny profile picture, a bunch of likes on your posts on whatever it is. I love seeing Brother Davis post, where am I? You know, he's all over the place. Hey, where am I? Yeah. And we see that. It's exciting, right? But we don't see him posting every day he's clocking in. Now I'm night shift. Now I'm day shift. Now I'm night shift. Now what day is it? What I don't know. What what, what day is it? What day is it? 
he gets to enjoy those because he puts in the work, right? But we only see the fruit. Or like the people who put those pictures of the, them at the gym and they're like, look at this one, I can count one and two and three and four and five and six and seven, eight, nine, ten, right? <laughs> yeah, they got more abs than I got fingers and toes. I'm like, <laughs> but we don't see them putting in the work. We just see the harvest. And it will not arrive without faithfulness. So those of you who are frustrated, you're like, God, where's my harvest? Where's my harvest? Where's my harvest? Stay faithful. Stay faithful. Continue to trust because you need that discipline. You need that gratitude. You need faithfulness. And now we'll talk about the tough one. That's the winter season. And in the winter season, there's very little fruit, right? Especially in winter, the fresh fruit, I mean, now we live in a time where you can just ship it in from wherever, right? Avocados from Mexico and apples from Chile and bananas from who knows where. But back in the day, back in the day, they used to have to get into their survival stash where they would can and store. I think of the account in Genesis when Joseph knew by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, hey, there's some hard times coming. We're going to have to store some things up. And in those hard times, that's what gets us through. See, when we're learning from the process in the wintertime, we can remember and we can plan ahead based on what we've learned. See, if we don't have that discipline in the spring and that gratitude in the summer and that faithfulness to reach the fall, well, then our winter is going to be very bleak, very bare. And winter is just a natural part of life. You know, we don't get the spring, that revival, without that winter death. Because to revive means to bring back to life. I think of, uh, there's a silly kids show about a museum and these things that, like, the museum's alive and this villain, he's like, I've come back to life. He has a little speech impediment, y'all know what I'm talking about? Every time I think of revival, I think of that guy, I've come back to life. And he's just, this is a silly, silly kids movie. So in the winter season, we don't have a lot of life, but we cannot forget what God has done. See, we have to have not just that gratefulness in the summer when we have that, that fruit, and we're like, wow, look at all these amazing things, and look at all these new families coming in, and, and look at all these youth that are excited about the things of God, and you know, we've got camp coming up in the summer, and it's exciting. But in the wintertime, we have to remind ourselves that God is still faithful. Winter is just a natural part of life. And in the natural, wintertime can also be maybe the loss of a loved one. And they're no longer with us anymore, and that feels cold. We miss their warmth. We miss their smile. We run into things, and they remind us of them. We, to this day, still remember sayings that my grandmother used to say when she was with us. Like we'll go out to eat. And then it comes time for the check, and then we'll say, well, my grandmother used to say, hey, the person who invited pays, right? Quien lo invita para? Hmm? As grandma would say. And so we, we understand that we carry those memories, and there are certain things that remind us of them. You know, we don't say necessarily that she's, like, speaking to us, but we remember those traditions. And there's another scripture that I want to share with you from the book of Joshua, chapter 4 verses 4, 5, 6, and 7 in the New International Version. And I love this. I love this, especially when we think of our lost loved ones. And it says this. After the Israelites crossed the River Jordan, the Lord told Joshua, I want you to remember this time. I want you to remember this season. 
And I want you to remember it for a long time. So he gives him instructions. This is where we arrive in verse 4. So Joshua called together the 12 men he had appointed from the Israelites, one from each tribe. This is family that we're talking about. And he said to them, Go over before the ark of the Lord your God into the middle of the Jordan. Each of you is to take a stone on his shoulder according to the number of the tribes of the Israelites to serve as a sign among you. In the future... When your children ask you, what do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel. Remember, they were 12 tribes. They were family. A memorial to the people of Israel of Israel forever. And I remember this scripture every time Brother Million gives an offering in memoriam of Sister Minga. Amen? Because we remember. What does this mean? It's not just a rock, right? It's not just a stone. It's not just an offering. What does it mean? It's a reminder that even though it can be a winter season, God, where are you? Why did this happen? Why are they gone? I don't understand, God. I thought it was supposed to be spring and and harvest and and nothing bad was ever supposed to happen. You're supposed to be by my side and, and we're all supposed to live happily ever after. Well, that's the book of Disney, not the book of Genesis. (laughs) and as we go through life we experience winter winter needs remembrance don't forget see we can be in a winter season and we think god's not faithful we can be in a storm and think god would never do this to me right god's highest wish is that i prosper and be in health as your soul prospers And maybe your soul needs a little pruning. Maybe your soul needs a little discipline. Maybe your soul needs to be reminded to be grateful. So remember that. I was going through the fridge the other day, and I was like, hmm, eh, ugh. How many of y'all have been there, right? And then I was remembering, I was so convicted. And I was remembering on my spring break vacation that we were traveling to these other cities And I saw people on the sides of the road and they had their signs and they had their backpacks and they had their shopping carts. And I was so convicted because I'm like, they have no fridge to look through. And the fridge is full. And I say, there's nothing to eat. (laughs) Right? And of course, there's just so many options, right? I could have this, I could have that, I could have this. And leftovers, right? Half the food has already been cooked already. I just got to heat it up. But we have to remember what God has done. And more importantly than us remembering, hear me, church, as a youth pastor, I make it a conscious effort to weave in what our pastors are preaching in a way that our children can understand. Because when they graduate from the youth class or from high school or from your household, they will have to decide whether they're going to be here or not. 
because there will come a time when they will have to decide for themselves what do these stones mean does it mean i have to go because i'm related i have to go because we have to eat together after church and then i can go do what i really want your children will make those choices but before they do we have to tell them what these stones mean we have to remind them some of us get saved from being lost and we protect our children and they grow up without struggle not suffering but without struggle and then they in their heart think why do i need god when mommy and daddy get me everything i want they've never practiced faith or something happens And they think, why did God allow this to happen to me? It's always been so good up until this point. What do these stones mean? Does it mean God is only good when things are going good? Or does it mean, look what we had to go through. These stones don't represent the Jordan. These stones represent the other side of the Jordan. We celebrate and we thank God that we're saved. But remind your kids what you were like before you got saved. See, crossing the Jordan doesn't matter if you're the same on both sides. The promised land isn't the promised land if you're still getting manna. See, God gave them everything they needed. They didn't have to worry about a thing. Once they crossed that Jordan, there was a memorial, there were instructions, now there were consequences. Choose you this day, Joshua 24 and verse 15. And that verse, everybody always says the second half of the verse, right? But the first part of the verse says, if you think it's evil to follow God, you decide, comma, but as for me and my house. Everybody always starts the verse, right? But as for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. I'm going to hang it over my door like, like the Passover, right? Well, it doesn't matter if you hang it over the door if you're just letting anybody in the house. As for me and my house, yeah, well, who are you letting in your house? winter needs remembrance what do these stones mean to you they mean that god disciplined me in the spring it means that god was the source of all my fruit in the summer god was the one that we celebrated in the harvest of the autumn and god is going to get us through this winter just because someone passes away doesn't mean the word of god has passed away with them it still works and it's still going to work for you and your children and your children's children if you raise them right. God is faithful in every season. See, spring needs discipline. Summer needs gratitude. Autumn needs faithfulness. And winter needs remembrance. If we can look at that next slide. See, in our lives, we understand everything that happens to us in the context of time. We have a rotation of associate ministers, We have guest ministers. We have the Holy Ghost outpouring. Never treat the gathering of the body of Christ as just another Sunday. I understand that there are needs for our families to spend time together. Some of us only have certain options for vacation dates and different things. I get that. Okay, I work a 9 to 5, well, a 7 to 5, just like many of you guys. But we have to remember our priorities. If we are choosing, not being scheduled, but if we are choosing not to be in the house of God. If you are not working, you should be serving. Because it's not about the anointing or the, you know, oh, you know, I feel okay now. You know, I don't need a healing. I don't need a financial miracle. I'm going to sleep in this Sunday. 
what are we saying? I only need God when I need God. But we need that discipline. Well, I don't know. Pastor been talking a lot about money recently. Well, what is the Lord teaching you about money recently? Well, Pastor Rosie back on that health thing again, you know, and I mean, I was just storing up for the winter. Well, it's springtime, my brother. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Time for the bear to come out of the cave. <laughs> we have to ensure that in every season we have our priorities straight because seasons will change, but Jesus does not. Amen? Amen. And I want to encourage you today, for many of us, this was, I mean, we're all at different seasons in our lives, right? And I want to encourage you, do not feel like one season is going to be the rest of your life. Sometimes we feel like we're stuck in seasons. We say, well, I'm just in a season of this. Well, I'm just in a season of that. We have the scriptures. We have the revelation that will sustain us through any season. And if you're sitting here today and you're like, oh, okay, Brother Jonathan, you know, that means that, that's great. I get it. I'm, I'm in a good season right now. It's summer. It's autumn. Reach out to people that you know need encouragement. Because if they weren't here or if they weren't watching, they didn't hear. Like Pastor Ruben was talking about on the podcast, how are they going to believe in someone they haven't heard? And how are they going to hear unless somebody goes to preach? And how are they going to preach unless someone is sent? So if they're not on the broadcast, if they're not in the church, they're not going to hear it. So we have a responsibility to go and share. We have a responsibility to live out these scriptures. So when people see us, they say, what do those stones mean to you, David? What do those stones mean to you, Edward, Abel, on the job? Brother Narciso was sharing his faith at the job. We have families coming in and wanting to know more. What do these stones mean, Narciso? What does this mean? I see that your wife's going through a difficulty and you're still being faithful in the house of God. What, what does that mean to you? Walking out that faith. And I want you to think about right now, there's somebody that you know needs to hear this. I want you to think about them. And I want you to examine your heart and see where do I need to prune a little bit? Where do I need to give thanks? Where do I need to remember what the Lord has done? And as that, first of all, we want to offer gratitude. So I want to pray a prayer of thanks with you all, if you'll pray with me. And then, of course, we always want to extend the opportunity for salvation. So if you think to yourself, well, you know what, Brother Jonathan, that sounds great, but I don't, I don't understand any of this stuff, you know, this Jesus and this covenant that you're talking about, like he doesn't change. I, I just feel drawn, but I don't understand. Well, it's very simple. He doesn't change and that he is faithful and he lived a perfect life. He paid the price on the cross, like Pastor Ruben talked about this morning, and he offers that to us. He offers this faithfulness to us. So those of you here or those of you watching, if you haven't invited Jesus to be in your heart and you want to do that, it's a very simple prayer. And it's not as much about the prayer as it is about the heart because Jesus says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So for those of you watching or those of you here, you want to begin a relationship with Jesus, you can pray this prayer. Jesus, thank you for what you've done I receive your free gift of salvation I believe you lived a perfect life died in my place paid the price for my sin come into my heart be Lord of my life and help me to live for you 
Amen. And for those of us who are already believers and we follow this word, this is, this is the way, then I want to pray a prayer as we reflect and as we meditate on this word and we chew on it the rest of the week, like that juicy beef rib we were talking about at the beginning. But I want to give thanks. I want to give thanks to God for you all who have been a part of my journey, for our pastors who have brought this word faithfully for so many years, decades, that we are there fruit. Can we thank God together? Father, thank you so much for your word. Your words are spirit and they are life, sharper than any two-edged sword. Lord, you knew what we needed to hear today. You knew the seasons that each and every one of us are in, that we trust you and you hear the cry of our heart, even if we come to church and we smile, we hug everyone. You know what we're dealing with. You know what we're going through and you know throughout all of this, God, that we trust you. Soften our hearts to those around us who need to hear this message of encouragement. Holy Spirit, stir within us the scriptures that we read and study so that we would be ready to present. If anyone were to ask us, what do those stones mean? Where's this fruit coming from? Why do you discipline yourself? Why are you grateful for everything God has given you? Lord, help us to go into all the world and preach this good news that even though seasons change and even though our time is limited, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever he desires a relationship with us he pursues us even while we were still sinners the bible says christ died for us we're thankful for you we're thankful for this church we're thankful for the body of christ all around the world we pray a special blessing over our pastors as they continue in their faithfulness and that we can offer fruit to you god as evidence of that faithfulness in jesus name we pray amen well god bless y'all i love you church Let's welcome our pastor. <laughs> Praise the Lord. That was wonderful. We're all in the, in the different seasons. And uh, seasons come and go. They change every, in the natural every three months or so. Amen. We're hopefully at the last part of the winter season and entering into a new season. Amen. How many all enjoy the spring season? I enjoy the spring, summer, and then here comes fall and winter. Amen. That's the way God designed it. Praise God. So just remember that whatever it is you're going through, it's not a forever thing. Amen. It's like seasons, things change. Praise God. Well, that was wonderful. We received that. Amen. <laughs>